and welcome to Divine Downloads. I'm your host, Cassandra Bodzak, and today I'm super excited um, to have on my friend Allison Charles. Allison is an internationally renowned shaman, a best-selling author, and the host of Ceremony Circle podcast. She went from being a national champion athlete, a top-rated radio host, and a national daytime television talk show host to aligning with her calling as a shaman after a traumatic moment provided her awakening. So suffice to say that she is a fascinating woman to chat with. Um, she is someone that I hold very, very dear to my heart, and she is presenting a beautiful gift to the world in her new book, Animal Power where she's teaching us how to connect with animal medicine and how our own power animals or spirit animals. And um, we're going to talk all about that for you. I think it's going to be a really game-changing tool to add to your spiritual practice and to connect deeper um, this year. And I think with everything that's been going on this year, when I was reading through her book, I was like, this is, this is the medicine that so many of us need to come back to our true essence and to connect with the planet. So thank you for coming on, Allison. Of course, Cass. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I know. I was just, thank you for that beautiful intro, first and foremost. And yeah, as you were talking, I was reflecting back to like when we met for the first time in Brooklyn, like a decade ago, I was seeing the vision of that when with Gabe, Gabe Kennedy, you yes. and Gabe came and, and Gabe and I continue to be friends too. And I was just, I don't know, I was going back into New York City land for a hot minute and wow. Wow, so much has changed for both of us. <laughs> right. Well, like, yeah, we've leaped lifetimes. It's been nuts. And I think one of the things that both of us connected over was starting in more of that, like, TV world and this kind of other career and then having an awakening and having that shift us into our spirituality and, and what we're doing now. I'd love for you to share with listeners if you're open to that, because I think that happens in unique ways and different ways for mm -hmm. everyone during their awakening, where it's all of a sudden like they had this certain thing going and now, you know, something has changed and they're making that shift. And it can be, I think one of the most care. And I, for me personally, I feel like we have more of them. We continue to have more of those pivot moments, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, but what was that like for you when you had, um, you know, what was that spiritual awakening that made you kind of look at this world that you had a lot of success in and be like, I want to be a shaman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. Well, and that's the interesting part is um, I coined a phrase a few years ago, winning but lost. And I really applied. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. I apply that phrase to, you know, my pre-awakening life. I was quote unquote winning at a lot of things and very successful uh, externally at a lot of things like, yeah, you know, top notch athlete and, you know, top rated radio host and all those things that you listed in the introduction. And so on the outside, it looked like I was just, you know, really doing this life thing to the ultimate capacities, but I was really living in so many different ways and tons of denial, tons of illusion. Um, and especially when it came to the romantic partnership relationship category, uh, it was in a 
previous relationship that was almost two decades long, it was, that was the catalytic moment for me. And it was through being with him that I uh, had my spiritual awakening because honestly, uh, it required all of my guides in the unseen realms to blow the whistle one day. And so my awakening story is one that involves a divine intervention moment that simultaneously happened because uh, I just was so staunchly suppressing my true spiritual powers, gifts, light, shamanic calling, the medicine that I incarnated with was just sitting dormant inside of me, you know, year after year after year. And finally, my guides in the unseen realms realized like, unless we lift the veil and really in a kind of rude, but lovingly awakening way, shake her up and snap her out of this. Like she's just going to continue to grow in the suffering and anguishing pain that that relationship was providing because, um, you know, it's filled with just a lot of toxicity and at times varying levels and degrees of abuse. And there were addiction issues on his end that I was too scared to look at. And there was codependency on my end that I was not willing to acknowledge. And so it was just like the perfect storm. So whittling a very long story down, it came to one day where my clairaudient gift got turned on and I was able to hear instructions from Great Spirit and my guides. And it was through those instructions that I faced my greatest fear this lifetime, which was around, you know, betrayal and some of these darker addiction issues. And um, through facing all of these things uh, in one moment, uh, and there's a whole detailed story that goes with it, but, you know, it's a little long, but essentially when I was finally facing it, uh, my egoic shell got obliterated, the veil that had been so tightly pulled down over my third eye got lifted, and I was truly changed in one second. And it was extremely terrifying, and um, I was feeling levels of emotional anguish that I had never experienced before. But looking back in hindsight, of course, it was also the most miraculous moment of my life because I finally woke up and uh, was able to face myself, face the relationship and uh, have my surrender moment, which was like the biggest game changing decision um, I decided to make was to say to great mother earth, my own soul and divine wisdom and great spirit. Like, I clearly don't know what I'm doing. I'm ready to get on board with your instructions. And I have heeded the instructions from divine ever since. And that has been my saving grace the whole way through. Mm. I love that. And so were part of those instructions of were you leaving that relationship and you starting a new career path or, you know, how did, how did that, you know, how did you go from mm -hmm. just to help people that are moving through different versions of their own awakening right now? How did this, you have this catalyst moment, your clairaudient, you know, like comes online you start having this connection and what did that process look like to, you know, transitioning in, into obviously the embodied shaman that you are now um, in those earlier stages of kind of, of, you know, mm -hmm. testing the water, so to speak, or maybe flexing huh. your muscles is a better <laughs> uh, analogy. My God, this is when uh the person being interviewed says the classic statement, do we have five days to do the interview? Um, 
but yeah, I, I will, I will bring it down because this is important to share. And, uh, so yes, I was given the instructions. Basically, uh, I was told to stop and turn around. And when I turned around, my eyes landed on my ex's phone and he was asleep in the other room. And I felt this energetic current move with me over to the phone. And then the voice spoke to me again and told me to brace myself. What I was about to see was going to rock my world. And, and this was the moment, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. This was my first shamanic cave initiation moment of going into that phone and finally seeing all of the horrific graphic examples like like right in my face of all the betrayal and addiction issues. And so from that moment, um, and that energy woke him up and, you know, that was when I asked him to leave and never come back. And I flew to Indiana where I was originally from and stayed at my grandma's house. And over the next like four or five days, all of my different spiritual gifts got turned on and spirit was working with me and showing me replaying my life back to me without all of the illusion and denial. So I was able to, you know, go back to all of these memories and occurrences and see them in truth and just realize, oh my God, like you are not well, you're not the well person you thought you were. And mind you, you know, it was rude awakening after rude awakening, because again, reflecting back to the information you shared in the intro, I was a national champion athlete. And in the TV talk show that I was hosting, it was a wellness based daytime TV talk show. So yeah, we had celebrity guests on and famous chefs cooking with us in the kitchen, but like we steered and veered the content like wellness based. So here I am like teaching about wellness and thinking that I'm well, and I was not, I was allowing myself to be in a very dishonoring, abusive cycle for almost 20 years. So I really had to face a lot of things. And I I didn't say to myself at any point, like, I want to become a shaman. My prayer was, I want to be healed and I want to become well. And so in my devotion and saying, like, show me the way in, in healing, when they would show me different healers and practitioners that I was supposed to go to just for my own healing, it was through my dedication to facing myself like shadow, ugliest parts and all that is when my soul and the shamanic medicine that had always been encoded in me, it finally got to a place of readiness to really activate and start to inform me. This is who you really are. This is why you really are here. And then that begins a whole other phase of the awakening process where you're like realizing who you truly are and trying to muster up the courage to find your way with that. And that's a whole other discombobulating time because you're just like, wait, what? Like I'm supposed to not only, you know, be a practicing shaman, but also do it in a very public way. And uh, so that, that was also a very humbling journey, especially on the onset of it. Um, Talk about another round of ego dismantling. I, the first time I ever put myself out there was at a vegan expo. My friend ran a vegan expo in New York city. And I called him and said, Paz, I I got this vision. Like I'm supposed to have a table and he's at your expo. And he's like, okay. And what are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't know, but I'm supposed to come out of the spiritual closet. And he's like, okay. So I set up a table and I had a little headshot, like a sign with my headshot that said next level living with Alice and Charles. And I had like some shamanic tools and I did, um, I gave people like many 
Kundalini aura and chakra readings and clearings. And, um, and yeah, I mean, the other thing I like to be really honest about is yes, my practice gained a lot of like energetic momentum quickly. And, and I was getting a lot of like really big press just organically. I never had a, a publicist or whatever until now with my book, but even though those pieces were happening, I was also at this time, you know, the TV show, you know, didn't continue with production and I was having this awakening, life was getting turned upside down in every capacity. And my friend who was the founder of an organic juice company was going to open her first shop in Soho. And she's like, Allison, you know, do you want to be my first employee in our brick first brick and mortar location? So I sat in a juice shop for like, I think about two years, taking people's juice orders, you know, sitting behind a counter in Soho and some people would come in and recognize me and they would be like, aren't you, you know? And I would be like, yep. And so talk about humble pie, but that was part of the journey and part of the medicine and part of just dismantling like different threads of ego and um, really humbling myself to the calling and the path. And, uh, so those were some other aspects of it, but, um, yeah, I really have devoted myself to that embodiment piece that you picked up on and, and, and the way you described me. And I'm so glad that you said that word, because that's like one of the main things I teach is embodiment and really walking the talk. And it's not necessarily about being perfect because I embrace and I'm equal parts human as I am shaman. And I love my human side. And I love that I can get kind of spicy and feisty sometimes. And, you know, I I don't cut myself off from seeing my human tendencies, but I, I feel very proud of the way I have walked the shamanic path in terms of the integrity, in terms of like, just really being honest with myself along the way and um, learning to really trust myself and who I am and how I'm supposed to work this medicine for divine. And I love so much that you, one of the things that you said, which I I couldn't have planted it better myself, um, was about how your journey, you never wanted, you never like aimed to become a shaman, you aim to heal yourself. And I resonate with that so much with my journey, like everything that I've done, like the food and the meditation and all the different little crannies it's drawn me to. It was all for me first. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was all me trying to figure out me and heal me and get me better. And I think also when both of us started our journeys, it wasn't as like everywhere as it is right now. It wasn't so like, nobody was like, I mean, you'd have to like know a person, you know, a person from a crystal shop that was giving a Reiki thing. Like, you know, it wasn't like this. So in your face where like, Mm -hmm. it's become more of a, like an actual career path where, you know, when we started, this wasn't like a career path, you know, really. Um, And to, to sometimes I see in with some of my clients and some of the people that I talk to in my audience, it that part that I think is so crucial gets lost that this is this journey is not about like picking something from a catalog that you're like oh I want to become this it's about being like what does my what's what's does my soul need what's the medicine that I need right now and when we trust that path then you'll become exactly what you're meant to become 
Absolutely nail on the head. And that's where that surrender piece comes in. And I was actually writing a book on surrender when the animals came to me and they were like, er, no, <laughs> scrap that book. You're, you're not supposed to write that. You're supposed to write a modern day uh, guidebook with us. But yeah, I mean, I love teaching about surrender because it, it might feel challenging. And also there's a lot of misconceptions around what surrender really means and truly is. So you, a lot of people have that uh, hurdle to overcome right out of the gate. But once you understand that surrender means like really connecting to the most powerful energetic forces that you possibly can, once you understand that, and if that resonates and you decide you want to lean in and um, in, in an online course I used to have, one of the uh, journeys was if people felt called to, they would speak a surrender statement out loud and really start to like commune in the shamanic journey with the surrender energies and start to really understand and connect with what that is, how it feels, how to work it. But when you find your way with truly, fully, completely living and that surrendered place, it's from that way of living that provides complete peace every single day, complete fulfillment. It allows you to connect with really, truly what happiness really means. And all of those things that we as humans really strive for and want to experience in this life, but sometimes they feel like just out of reach or like you can touch it and you feel it briefly, but then it just, it's fleeting and goes away. When you surrender and get out of your own way and just trust the messages and the the directions that your benevolent guides give to you and you just truly live and answer those directives you then get in alignment with the path that your highest self and your soul and great spirit wants for you so you can't go wrong and you're always on track but sometimes it can take quite a bit of work to trust in that and to trust what you're hearing. Because a lot of times, especially you'll get tested early on, and I, and I know you know this, like you'll get tested with a direction early on where you're just like, this makes, this doesn't make logical sense. This like, how, what, you want me to do what? But if you take that step and, uh, you know, really trust in it. The next step appears and everything starts to crystallize and make sense. But it's a wild, they don't call it the hero's journey for nothing. It's a wild <laughs> ass ride. I mean, I wouldn't change it for anything. And it has filled my life with miracles beyond measure and imagination. But it is not for the faint of heart. It is wild, especially if embodiment and integrity are two of your main um, aspects, which they are mine. And so for you, what does embodiment and integrity look like? Mm -hmm. oh <laughs> like Ooh, wow. This is so juicy though. I'm so excited to share this. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, no, this is good. Let me see what wants to ah, come in with the integrity piece. You know, the integrity piece has been very interesting, especially with my work as a shaman, because there can be a lot of sensitivities with that word and with that particular uh, path. And yet very quickly after my awakening, I was given the download, uh, you know, in shamanism, a lot of times we're given medicine names and the medicine name was given to me, rock star shaman. And I knew even though I had 
you know, just pretty recently had my awakening, I was aware of the magnitude and the boldness of that name. And it was not something that I took lightly. And I, when that information and that instruction came in, I thought, oh my God, like it was another, you got to be kidding me moment, you know? And I went home and uh, number one, so I, I especially, I mean, for many years, for probably about a decade strong, I did exhaustive integrity checks. And so for that one example, I phoned a friend to do an integrity check. And I said to this trusted friend, you know, cause she was there when the download came in and I was like, oh my God, like, I know that I'm in the surrendered answer the calls place, but this name, I can feel it's, it's, it's strong medicine and it's going to be triggering to some. And she really felt in and tuned in and gave me a second opinion. And she said, honestly, Allison, if anyone else had called me and asked me about this and this name, I probably would have, you know, told them to think otherwise, but it feels correct for you. So once I got this trusted friend's opinion. I then went on a shamanic journey and called Ascended Master Jesus Ford, who's my main love and light guide this lifetime. And I asked him, I'm like, is this of ego? Is this is this name Rockstar Shaman? Which by the way, the rock part represents my direct connection into Great Mother Earth, rock. And the star part represents my connection directly into Source, Great Spirit, Divine. And that is my medicine shamanic path. It, those are my two main places that I um, work with. And I, I asked Jesus, I said, is this of ego, you know, uh, like, just keep it real with me. And he was like, no, you know, this is this is why you are here. And so even with giving that emphatic, uh, resonant answer from my main guide for many years, you know, utilizing that medicine name, especially publicly was a massive journey and it was not easy. And there were times where I didn't want to use it anymore. And I moved it more to like an AKA name. And, um, and, and so basically I, the integrity piece with all of that is like, yes, I've been questioned on that before, but I first and foremost have to honor and be in integrity with and alignment with what God is telling me to do. And, you know, that's where being a medicine person gets a bit challenging because your medicine is not going to be a good tasting medicine to everyone. And you really have to reconcile the people pleasing aspects of yourself. You have to understand that the power and potency in medicine that you carry, the way that it can activate with and alchemize with and shake up another person's soul and the way that their soul is clamoring and calling and yearning for the way it can shake another person up. If they're not in a place of understanding or readiness to really sit with that medicine, sit with what triggerings came up and you know, do due process with all of that, they can quickly go into a projection or uh, whatever state. And, um, you know, and you just have to keep it moving and trust that your the medicine that's being transmitted from you through you to them is what's meant to serve their highest, greatest good. And, and I know that. But then the other interesting thing that's important to note around all of this is, you know, 
I really have to be an integrity with honoring a couple of things. Number one, of course, want to always honor First Nations and Indigenous peoples because, you know, when the first humans were here on the planet, in my belief, in Africa, they were the first ones, the, the first peoples were the first ones to understand the communing of talking and honoring Great Mother Earth, talking with and honoring the unseen realms. So I absolutely, in a multitude of ways, honor them. Yet at the same time, I have to honor the mission that I'm on in sharing about shamanism and shamanic medicines to the mainstream through media. Uh, you know, this is a time, especially over here in the U.S., so many people are disconnected from these most ancient truths. And shamanism holds the most ancient planetary truths and truths of the universe. And it's all of our birthright to learn how to talk to Mother Earth and get, you know, blessings and teachings from her and how to talk to Great Spirit. And so um, where it gets a little tricky is that in, sh in shamanism, every shaman is different. And some shamans do take sacred oaths that adhere to particular lines of tradition, earth-based traditions and cultures. Um, and when, when you do that, you have to really honor those oaths in those ways. And um, this is where it gets like very nuanced and there's a lot of details to it. Uh, so if you are feeling called to work with a particular, uh, lineage or culture here on earth, um, you know, you really have to honor the ways of that tradition, the elders, the teachers that are, are teaching you, um, sacred things. And when it comes down to it, there are things that, um, because I have sat and, and learned from a lot of incredible indigenous elders and teachers, uh, and, we're told, you know, a lot of times the certain songs or uh, certain teachings are not to be shared publicly, and you have to always honor that. Um, some things you do get passed on, and and you are able to share publicly. So, you know, anything that I have been, you know, given or shared with from an indigenous elder or teacher, uh, I only share with permission. Um, but my prim primary means of shamanism works directly with Great Mother Earth and Great Spirit. So you can see how it's like a very, um, you know, balanced dance that you that I've just, I, I have to first and foremost, honor what Great Spirit is asking of me to do this lifetime and trust in that even though it can be sensitive and triggering medicine to some people. I think that's such an important, an important thing to mention because um, I found that too, like with some of the instructions I've been given or some of the pivots I would say that I've had that have been like divinely led it, you know, what you said I, uh, before was, was how, how I also usually verbalize it sometimes is you definitely, for me, I always know it's divine and it makes no sense. <laughs> or I'm like, this is completely illogical. And it's like, I'm running into the wrong direction, but okay. Like, cause otherwise I would never in a million years think to do that thing. Or it feels sometimes, you know, I'm going to say counterintuitive, but you know, where you're like, okay, if I just, you know, kept on going that way, but clearly there's a thing coming through right now that's telling me that this is the next evolution or whatever it is. And I think that is such a huge part of whether or not, you know, when we talk about alignment or integrity and stuff like that, 
I love what you said. And I believe that as well. It's like, we're here to answer to the divine first and foremost. And I believe by answering to the divine, we're answering to our soul and our soul's journey. And, you know, there's a lot of constructs in this world that are built to make that really inconvenient because we become really powerful when we start, you know, accessing that and owning it and actually stepping into that pathway. And so that's just a beautiful, I think, note for everyone as you're, you know, if you're embracing this surrender journey that Allison was talking about and giving yourself up, you know, my lingo around that as I call it like connecting to our divine support squad every day mm -hmm. right and like tapping into that but whatever version of that that anyone does in their own practice it's having the courage to put that above what other mm -hmm. people are going to say or people Absolutely. are not going to be happy and I love that you shared about working at a juice shop because it's like you know also like that's the realness sometimes you're like get a job that's pleasant right? Just get a job that's pleasant around people that are pleasant, that you are someone aligned to, that allows you the space yeah. to figure it out, right? Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And the last little thing that pinged in while you're sharing that, that I think it's important to share is, yeah, that, that component of when, when we align with our divine missions and calling and our soul's greatest magnificence, we then begin to live outside of the box and especially, you know, over here in the U.S. with, with shamanism, the way that um, a lot of the media channels or in movies, the way that they portray shamans, it's like, um, it's usually just like a one specific way. And it creates almost like a brainwashing of like what a shaman quote unquote should look like or, or is. And there's so that's, it's created so much confusion and misconceptions around shamanism. And I know I'm so clear and I have been for many years that one of the primary means of my medicine is I am to take up space and I am to hold that space and I am to hold that line as a woman shaman, as a woman shaman who came from the Midwest, who used to be a hip hop radio show host, who had an awakening and has been in complete devotion to, um, you know, my divine calling. And I live outside of the parameters of pretty much any like confusion or misconception around what a shaman is. I'm outside of that. So when someone meets me and that, that's another reason. So a lot of shamans also um, do not use the title shaman. And uh, there in a lot of cultures, uh, the, the word shaman isn't shaman for them. You know, it's a, it's a different word. And so again, like that's where all of these like threads and nuances come in is that I, I was given the instruction to use that. And, and it's partly for that medicine of when people meet me, it kind of, for a lot of people, not all of course, but for a lot, it makes them take a bit of a pause and be like, huh, wow. And some people might walk away and, and not feel my purity and not feel my integrity and embodiment and just walk away and not like me and, and to each their own, that's fine. But for the most part, people can feel my purity. They can feel my divinity. And they're just like, wow, that expanded me. And then it makes them question and wonder, 
other things, you know? So it's, um, it's definitely, yeah, it's, it's been intriguing. Cause I do, I do have some colleagues who have also been given the instruction to hold that space and, and to use that title. But there are a lot of shamanic friends that I have that do not use the title. And the last little thing I'll say is, is like, I personally don't care. And this is where I know it's not a ego. If I go into a room, I don't care if no one there knows who I am or that I'm a shaman. I don't need for anyone to know it, but it's an instruction that I've been given. So when people ask me, you know, what do you do? Yes, I say I'm a shaman and an author or shaman and seer, spiritual teacher, something like that. But I know I'm to use that title because that medicine, that name is medicine. Absolutely. And because you're giving a different transmission of what that looks like you know? And I think I, I have a story uh, around my first, my first course, my first big magic course that I ever did called Practical Magic. And it was my first time launching. It was my first time I've been mentoring. It was my first time kind of owning that space of like, you know, my friends and my close friends have known for years how kind of magical I am for lack of a better word. Right. But I, it took me a while to come out more like you were saying. And I remember I, you know, I did this the first round of this course and one of the girls that enrolled she's told me that the one of like the the transmission that really spoke to her that pulled her in was <laughs> me wearing like I don't know what I was doing I was doing an Instagram story or an Instagram post I don't remember if Instagram stories were a thing then so maybe it was a post but I was wearing like these big like designer sunglasses <laughs> And like, it's like a cute, like very like me, like going to get a, a latte or whatever kind of thing. And just talking about like all this magical stuff and like what I was, you know, going on and stuff. And she's like, I just saw that. And I was like, oh my God, that's my teacher mm. because she can be like, yes, uh, like chic and like in the world. And, and it was, again, she was like, everybody I had seen had more of this, let's call them like Venice Beach hippie vibe right? In her world, this was, you know, kind of what she was explaining. And so to see you, someone that I could see, wow, I could see her walking into a business meeting. I could see her, you know, like, I don't know, wearing Dropping a coach. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I could see her just doing the things that I do, right? And they're like, I want to learn. And I feel like you have a, that similar, like, transmission. And we yes. were given these bodies <laughs> and our preferences right and I think that's a big thing like your are your preferences down to like you know the colors you like to wear how much makeup you like to wear or mm -hmm. how you like to dress or whatever and it's always evolving obviously right um but I don't believe any like none of that's an accident right it's all divine and so I do believe that there is you know I think there's a whole generation of us that are emerging right now and have been emerging that don't look like what the spiritual teachers of the past yeah right and that are there to activate different you know different audiences and different people to like you said expand expand the possibility for what they believe a shaman could be and also as you said there's just like there's a bajillion different spirit like spiritual teachers and different ways that can go and different lineages and different styles there's all these different ways ones can be a shaman and getting you know to power animals one of one of the things 
that um, I feel like is unique uh, about you is that your your version of shamanism for me has always felt really pure in the in the connection of the earth and using these connections of like the earth and the animals and the sky and and not even and I don't want this to come out in a judgmental way because it's not meant that way um but not necessarily sometimes we think shamans and we think ayahuasca and we think plant medicine we think these things that alternate and you're able to take people on these journeys and have them you know um have these incredible healings and experiences without using anything other than their their being and their breath right Bingo. If I have my <laughs> rattle here, rattle, rattle the rattle. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's another main pillar component of, of how I was put here to teach is that, yes, I had my awakening uh, just through the energetic support and the first guides, the first spiritual allies that came in to help me through that very tumultuous time were, was my power animal team. My core power animal revealed uh, my aunt, who's a shaman. Uh, she was one of the spiritual healers I was instructed to work with in, in a soul retrieval session that she did for me. Um, the Black Panther revealed as my core power animal and then the bear as, a, as another supporter. And then later, um, two others, the deer and the frog came in. And so those four power animals got me through that time. I mean, truly they saved my life and, and every power animal embodies different healing attributes, attributes and, and medicine and messages. And so, yes, it, it's, it's been a main, and, and I, I was on my shamanic path for almost a decade before any plant spirits called to me. And I didn't know if they ever would. I had no attachment to it. And I actually, um, when, when grandmother medicine, uh, the spirit of ayahuasca called to me, uh, I actually, it was very confronting because, uh, when she called, I thought, oh, wow, this is happening. I didn't know that it ever would. And I realized when she called in that moment, how much I had grown to like the identity that I was a shaman who had never done plant medicine. Mm -hmm. So then she helped me. She became, that was one of the ways she became a teacher for me to let go of this unconscious identity that I didn't even know I'd grown to like. So I had to sit with the shaman because I didn't know that the ceremony was transitioning over to that medicine. And I had to sit with uh, the facilitator and um, it, it just was honest with her about what I just shared and what was coming up for me. And I got very clear within myself that I was to sit and to meet grandmother medicine and, and to work with her and commune with her. But I, I had to let go of, of that identity. And since, you know, grandfather medicine peyote has been, uh, you know, perhaps if I had to label it the most resonant and deep and powerful uh, plant medicine teacher for me thus far. So, you know, since my many years on the path, some have called to me and I, I've worked with them. But yes, I really teach a lot because I got activated to my truth and powers just straight through Great Spirit, Great Mother Earth and my soul. And so it is possible to do it that way. And you can get journeyed into other realms. You know, I've done guided shamanic journeys for audiences, more than 10,000 people at one time and taking them into other realms, calling spiritual allies and guides forward. They learn how to connect with them, ask them questions, receive energetic transmissions and blessings from them. And it's all, it truly is all possible through just like you said, your own being. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 
And I love that you're, regardless of, you know, what you, um, you've been doing and, and your, the way that you're teaching and the way that you're, you know, giving these power animals. And um, I noticed that you also are giving, as one of the book bonuses, um, a journey for people to meet their animal, which y'all are going to get so excited to do that, I know. Um, you know, that we can have these experiences, you know, and I personally, I've also, um, I've sat in with medicine, and I had a wonderful, you know, I had a, I know wonderful is the best word. It's a great time. <laughs> the fantastic. I've had, um, let's call it an interesting, magical, profound journey. Um, and I've also had equally interesting, magical, profound journeys um, through sitting in meditation for four hours and Absolutely. doing breath work, you know? So I think it's like you keep on saying, it's like just following whatever you're called to. So in that spirit, if you're listening to this podcast, I think that um, it's a good it's a good sign that the animals are probably ready to work with you mm-hmm. and wanting to come through to you. And how would you how would you instruct someone to I know you share a little bit about in the book, um, I think it's three different ways, kind of three different ways these animals can come in. Sometimes it's, you just start seeing, yeah. you just start noticing that animal, right? Yeah, they're so loving and helpful and they're just waiting, you know, and, and that's one intriguing key about working with the power animal allies is that they really do like the invitation. They're not invasive and yet they're just waiting on the sidelines, like for you to call upon them and to start to connect that through line into learning how to honor them and and hear their messages for you. So yeah, they'll try to get your attention. And yeah, one of the examples is they will just show up over and over. Like, let's say in one week's time, you know, when you're on the phone with your grandma, she, for some reason mentions a whale and then you open a magazine and the first picture, the first page you open to, there's a picture of a whale. And then you turn on um, Spotify. And for some reason, the title of the song is like, whale sonic whatever you know and you're just like okay what's going on with the whale and that's why I wanted to create animal power book is this modern day guidebook so you can just go to the whale entry get the blessed transmissions from the beautiful embodied art and then go over and learn the the keyword healing attributes and read the different messages that whale has and then with each animal entry there's also a power practice which is a ritual or ceremony that you can do to really learn how to truly commune and, and strengthen that rapport with that particular animal. And you can invite them to continue to work with you. You know, just can be as simple as, you know, I have my altar space and every morning I start my day there in a brief meditation. Like right now I am working with the whale and just closing your eyes and, and tuning into your breath and your heart center and then calling the whale forward and asking, you know, what do you want me to know today? Or if you need, knowing that what the whale represents, if you need its support that day, calling it in, just being like, I really need, I'm struggling today, you know, be be with me. Um, and then also being aware in dream time. A lot of times the animals will come in that way to try to get your attention. So if you dream about a lizard or whatever, um, yeah, go, go to the guide book. But the the main way I like, especially when people 
are wanting to meet their core power animal, which is the animal assigned to you since birth and is with you every day of your life. And meeting that animal, I most recommend doing a guided shamanic journey with a trusted shaman because it's such a sacred process. And in that environment, uh, you're able to, to call the animal forward yourself and I'm all about like self-empowerment of, of the person. And so, yes, you know, I do live power animal readings all the time. I can close my eyes right now and tell you what animal is coming in for you and what they want tell you to me, know. Tell me, tell me. I want to know. I want to know. <laughs> I can do that. But, you know, for the, for the core one, especially, it's like do that through a journey. But other animals, like the one that most wants to come in, like to empower your life right now, those, those I will call in for like just a live mini reading. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I did. Um, I did that once. So I went through a shamanic training um, a few years ago, and I found out that my core animal is an eagle. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, oh. But, but I'd love to know if there's an animal that wants to work with me right now, if I can put you on the spot. Yeah, no, that's totally fine. I meant to, I actually did mean to, mean to bring my rattle over. I can do it without the rattle, but um, it's, typically can I grab my rattle really yeah quick? go I'm grab sorry. it I'll I'll chat them up while you're grabbing okay, it. I'm not wearing pants so maybe <laughs> I love it <laughs> well your top is so beautiful <laughs> welcome to the realness of the podcast oh my gosh and um for those of you listening I just hope that you know I think working with um animals is something that really helps us bring us ground us um into our power and also is a great practice in you know for those of you who uh listen to a lot of these episodes you know i'm always talking about your divine support squad and um i will say that i often talk more about like angels and guides and ascended masters and stuff like that um but you know this element of bringing in that animal energy is also really so beautiful so that is another element of that daily commune to your divine support squad um would be adding an animal friend to that which i think is so beautiful now i'll let allison do her thing i'm back i'm still <laughs> yeah. not wearing pants but i do have my rattle <laughs> well your top is so pretty it makes up for it i just thought it was like this whole like dress thing <laughs> it is i mean it does it does come with matching pants i just didn't put them on uh, <laughs> Okay. So, uh, every day, uh, I surrender, you know, each moment of every day. And I start with that process at my altar and I put my root earthing cord down into great mother earth. And then I connect into my divine central line, my heart, and then take my cosmic line up to source great spirit. So I, I just say that because I start my day from that place and from that surrendered, um, space, but, if I had not done that, I before I do any sort of reading or work, I would put that line in place now. And then of course, always making sure that you have the person's permission, which clearly I do from Cass. But you know, that that's another little side note. Um, a lot of times when people have their awakenings and spiritual gifts are starting to come online and on board. Don't get overzealous. Like you really need to wait for the invitation. If you're starting to pick up on things or you think you're starting to pick up on things with other people, 
it's very important that you're not invasive with the information and you really need to let the person um, tell you that they are interested in hearing what you think you have received um, and never just blurt stuff out because it can actually be very damaging or traumatizing if the person is not ready to hear what you think you're picking up on. So anyways, that was my little side tangent. Here we go. Great disclaimer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, So tuning in. And I'm calling forward the power animal guide who most wishes to empower Cassandra's life at this time. So I'm tuning in. Hmm, interesting. Okay. So the penguin revealed right away, but I'm now rattling in to see if it has a message for her. One second. Hmm, it's coming in. One second. Take it down. Hmm. Hmm. Very beautiful. So it was showing me, I love the penguin friends, by the way. Um, it was showing me it's standing on like a big piece of ice, like on an iceberg. And it was putting its foot down and like doing a certain like stomping motion. And I was like, what are you trying to say? And it was, it eventually um, articulated to me that right now is a time where it's urging you to not like jump away from or try to move out of or pivot away from any uncomfortableness right now. Like it's, it's wanting you, if, if there's an aspect of your life right now, that's, that's feeling really growth inducing or uncomfortable, it's okay to, to plant your, your foot firmly in, in that territory and, and to lean in and, while you're marinating on that to see if like that resonates at all, I'm going to actually go to the penguin page in the book that I have here and see uh, what else it has to share with you. Okay. Here's our little penguin friend. Oh, I love it. So beautiful. The drawings are also just so beautiful in the book. Definitely. So the penguin represents dimensional travel, sacrifice, dream state, respect, balance, astral travel, and monogamy. So, so those are some of the keyword attributes. Um, and it, it talks a lot about harmony and balance. Um, I feel compelled to read this one. If you're prepared to shed and sacrifice some things in order to live your absolute best life, I am your medicine. I hope you gain clarity when you ask yourself, what can I sacrifice today in order to receive my ultimate dreams later? Ooh. there's just some medicine to chew on but penguin really came in and um the other one that flashed in uh before i even got my rattle was the worm so you've got two you've got your little your little wormy uh wormy grounded nourishment friend and your penguin friend who have revealed for you today well i'm thank you i'm gonna write them both down that resonated with me deeply 
Um, I'm going, I'm in a very uncomfortable <laughs> place in life uh, with a lot of moving pieces right now. And, you know, it's, that's such confirmation because it was last, last week or two weeks ago, it was getting really, really uncomfortable. And I sat with it and I sat in meditation around everything that was going on. And, and part of the uncomfortableness was my schedule, just like I'm really overbooked right now. And, but everything I want to be doing, I want to be doing if that, you know what I mean? So it was like not an obvious, like, this is the thing I don't want to do. So I'm just not going to do it. I'm like, no, I want to do all these things. How do I make it happen? But my physical body has been exhausted and not happy with me. And, um, but I sat with it and really the, the, the message that came into me was that so often our go-to our um, kind of full circle is what we were talking about before sometimes like the natural inclination in that situation would be, well, just take some things off your plate. But I got really clear that that was not Mm. what I was supposed to do, that I was supposed to grow Mm -hmm. to hold all the things yeah, and find a way. So I feel like that resonates a lot with what you said about the penguin and maybe the sacrifice that it's asking of is the fact that I, usually do like a lot more free time mm-hmm. you know I usually do like a lot more spaciousness to do my own things walk on the nature preserve go you know have like some time in the day um and maybe right now that that's a sacrifice that I make on yeah. some days um so thank you for that yeah that feels really correct in that other keyword it, it represents um that balance is coming in and I heard the message you know, everything in balance, right? So right now you're in a phase where, yeah, you are going to have to sacrifice some of that free time, but the payoff, you know, will be you landing in a place of really living um, your your greatest dreams. And of course, you know, at some point, somewhat soonish, most likely it will then pivot you back to that other side of the balance of having more breath and space. But right now, you know, you're in the other end of the balance of, you're a little constricted right now and things yeah. are a little tight and you're going to find have to find your way through it. Absolutely. And also with the penguins being such a symbol of monogamy, I actually thought of that as soon as you, because I, I feel like I always just see penguins as like little like two by twoers and it's yeah. like being in, you know, being in a, like a serious partnership, you have someone that, you know, witnesses this right and you can get away with less in a way right like like when I was alone I was just like in my own chaotic bubble you know and then when you you know you live with someone you have a partner and they're like what's going on babe (laughs) it's you know it's just a whole different level of accountability to it too so that really made I love that and I'm gonna look up in uh my book what um what practices for the penguin and worm are and, and do that So a couple, before we wrap up, and I know we need to wrap up, but I just want to make sure everyone is good to go with their animals. A few other questions. One, like you mentioned, if an animal is coming to you, what about if you've, like, if you've just always, I know most people have, like, an animal or two that they've, like, kind of always been attracted to. Does that Mm -hmm. mean something for them? 
It, it could, it's like, it's a roll of the dice. Sometimes okay. when they do do the journey, it does equate to and translate to like, oh, I've always loved the horse. And when they're calling for their core power animal, sometimes it is the horse that comes in, but sometimes it doesn't automatically equate to that too. Uh, it could just be one of those more um, supporting allies that kind of come in and come out of your life in terms of medicine. Uh, so that's why the journey is so important to get clear on that core one. Absolutely. So everyone will be able to access that when you um, grab Allison's book. We'll have the link below so you can um, pre-order it and then you can get access to that journey and find out. And then as you're going through the Power Animal book, you also said that if there's a specific, like if you liked what you heard about the penguin medicine, mm-hmm. right, then you can also on your own free will call in the penguins yes. work with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Really tuning in, you know, the, the book is a divination tool it's as well. And, and so the way I've been using it at my altar every morning is I connect with my heart and I hold the book up to my heart and I'll just, you know, tune in and ask the medicine book, ask animal power book, you know, what do you want me to know today? And I'll just, with my eyes closed, just kind of flip around and then just randomly open to the page and Every single time, you know, of course, there's exactly what I need to hear. And um, so you could do that. And if that that messaging and that animal is resonating with you, yes, you can really invite it in and, and affirm to that animal who is coming in to help you, like, I honor you. Thank you. You know, that that's another, it's so important to give gratitude and thanks. Like these animals are, are so generous. Don't take it lightly. You know, these are spiritual allies that are coming in to like help change your life for the better. So, you know, always give deep thanks and, um, and ask it to continue to be with you and your pathway forward if you'd like to. I love that. I love that. All right. Is there any last thing we need to know before we close the podcast? (laughs) I think we've had a really beautiful, full, rich journey today, but I'm going to tune in one last time. Yeah, I mean, I'll just close by saying, you know, I, that, like I said, the power animals, my first spiritual allies, and they came to me when I went to Bali to start writing my other book that I had already had a team around and everything in place. And they came to me and said, you know, let's write this, this book together. So it's been my biggest honor and the biggest initiatory chapter of my career. It's lifetimes in the making. And I, and I worked on it for almost four years and, I'm just really proud of it and how it all came together. And um, so, yeah, if it's speaking to you at all, or if you know of anyone else in your life, you know, that's leaning into soul level work or self-help or just wants to maybe connect with some new, fresh ways to uh, get out of confusion and more into their heart and into clarity uh, you know, maybe pick up the book for them. And and when you do, yes, you will then get emailed that free journey. So just uh, sending illuminated blessings to all of your pathways forward. And um, thanks for communing with the animals and I today. Yay. And thank you so much, Allison, for giving us your time and sharing all your beautiful wisdom and 
and even tapping in to find the animal that wanted to work with me. It's been such a blessing to have you. I said a blessing and a pleasure at the same time. (laughs) Blessing and a pleasure it's been um, to have you on. And I know this conversation is just going to open up so much for so many. And for all of you guys listening, all of her links will be below the podcast or below the YouTube video, wherever you're consuming this. So you can grab the book. You can follow Allison on Instagram if you're not already following her um, and check out her website and all the things because I'm sure you're going to just love her and, and enjoy working with all this beautiful power animal medicine. So thanks for tuning in. Thank you.